you are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, the Sports Super Pod, where we cover our two biggest and favorites uh, sports, that being the NFL and the NBA. I think sometimes we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of college football, depending on what's going on throughout the year tonight. Right with us, we have the Axe Man, Jeff Axel. We got he of the scouting department, Apollo, and the owner and proprietor, DAO Sports Media, True God. Uh, we are going to flip it around a little bit this week and start off with the NBA because my guys here, we had a we had a listener question come in that they're really interested to talk about. Uh, obviously, we got the first week of the NBA season rolling. But off the top, my guys said that they have a lot to say. Finally happened. Finally, for everybody involved. This James Harden trade Ugh. goes up to the L.A. Clippers. They get back pieces and parts. Um, I, I saw. It looked like all. Th- it looked like all three of you were not were not super impressed with what they got back. Personally, you know, I'm looking at it as you know he he slaughtered all their leverage. So, like, what do you do, kind of thing? And he can't be there. He can't stay there. I personally, I just I just don't understand how any GM or any owner at this point can talk themselves into paying this guy another fucking red cent for the rest of the history of the earth. But Hey, who am I? Um, he's just quit on four teams in 22 months. That's all. Uh, and has repeatedly completely combusted in every fucking pressure situation when you're trying to win a championship. But other than that, yeah, I guess it's a great, great idea. Uh, ax you guys, you guys had thoughts. This James Harden trade finally happened. I just don't really understand where he fits in with um, Russ and then Kawhi and PG. I just, I saw a stat. They said outside of three games where he had played like above average in the playoffs, I want to say it was 11 out of 14 games. He averages 14 a game, shooting below 40%. So you can't really depend on this man in the playoffs. I don't really understand the fit. I feel like Fidley could have got a little bit something back. I would have held out for Norm Powell at least. Like KJ Martin might be the only guy that's going to contribute. Maybe Roko, but Marcus Morris, he's a shell of his former self. Nick Batum is a shell of his former self. So, I mean, I understand they had to take what they had to take, and they're comfortable with Maxie and Embiid. But I just don't really think – I mean, it's a definitely a win-now move for the Clippers – but I don't think it like puts them over the top because I think it's just going to be something where it doesn't work out because the Clippers they just they're low key kind of curse. And I I just I kind of said the other day I told my friend I said this reminds me of a you know you'll be like in week ten or week eleven or week twelve of your fantasy season and you look at the lineup and you're like damn that group of names this would have been a sweet team back in 2017. Um, but then all of those, it's a great list of names, but all those names were available for a reason. Kind of what this team reminds me of right now. A little bit better than that. Like, I'm sure they'll they'll make a playoff run and on all of that. I just, every single one of these names is, is definitely either in the twilight of their prime or well past it. You got to worry about injuries, too, with them dudes, man. Like, yeah. PG and Kawhi finished the season in years, so... I don't know. I uh, 
they didn't have to give up their core rotation players, so it's not a horrible deal for them, but they're under the microscope, especially the way Harden maneuvered the past two years with all these trade requests and pouting and stuff, so he's going to have to show and prove. Like, no more passes. Apollo. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm going to look at this for three, three different uh, viewpoints. Uh, the first viewpoint is the Sixers. Um, I, I, I know the internet was slaughtering them uh, the other day, but uh, after after some time has passed, if you really look at it and you, if you peek underneath the headlines and just the names of who was traded, um, you you can actually see that Philly, in my opinion, made out a little a little better in the situation. First of all. It can't be understated that the the addition by subtraction, like when you have a malcontent or a person that's uh, an athlete that's going to be unhappy, and you already see his history. We all see his history is well documented. He he has a short stay everywhere he goes except for Houston. But you know, it's 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 crazy because you don't want him to affect anybody else, especially when you just have an MVP on your squad. And let's be honest, the biggest fear and and, and and the thing that the Sixers do not need is for him to be unhappy to where he wants to be at. And I'm talking about MB. So so you gotta get you gotta get Harden out of here. All right. He wants to go, let him go. Now the problem with that is uh like I said, he 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 messed up his leverage. Um and like when y'all when when these guys leak the information when they get their agents to leak the, this information, I understand that they're doing it as as a, a tactic, um, you know, for negotiation, but it also kind of uh, affects the reputation at the same time. But but these guys don't care because they're getting the money. But when it all comes down to it, at the end of the day, your legacy is your legacy. I heard, and, I heard somebody say. Uh... Harden's greatest superpower is the inability to feel shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you gotta get you gotta get you gotta get him out there. So okay, Harden's gone. Now let's be honest. The the Sixers, we see what they did in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, Harden did have some some breakout games, but at the same time, he wasn't really moving the needle or taking them over the hump. Um, and you know. So it's like, all right, you get rid of him. You can get far without him because they believe in Maxi. Maxi so far is averaging with 30. That's not going to last, but it just shows you a glimpse of, all right, this kid can be a star. So that's a good that's a good um, sidekick to have with Embiid. Now, with even though you get okay, you got you got some some washed up guys, but at the same time, Covington, he's depth. Batum is depth at least. Um, and and uh, what was it, KJ Martin and um, uh, who was the other guy that got traded? I forgot his name, but um, but those picks that they that they got, one is a pick swap, and the other one, they're I mean they're pretty, I mean you can you can you can you can package those together. Um, oh. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing that Levine Zach Levine might be on the market. So that was uh, going to be my next my next question. Do you guys think that they have enough assets with the trade and just in general that, and do you think they're going to try and go out and get? A second, get a, get a Robin to the to the MB Batman. That, well, well, it's going to be a a third star because they're already considering Maxi a star. I mean, you know, so it's like, all right, you just need a, a number three guy. 
I mean, I know Tobias Harris, as far as the scoring standpoint, you know, he's your quote unquote number three, but he's inconsistent. He so they can, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that's what, this is what they think. But um, <laughs> when you, you can package a, a piece of some of those picks together, you can get like a, an Anobi or something if he comes available or they can wait until next year. They'll have about 50 or 60 mil freed up in cash space. So they actually look okay in this. For the Clippers, real quick, I'm going to say the Clippers, okay, if if they're all healthy, okay, they're a pretty good team. I don't see them being better than, the like, the top teams in the West. Um, and like Ag said, this is going to actually affect Westbrook the most because he's actually playing really good since he's been with the Clippers. He's been really efficient. That That's not going to last. But you don't want to mess up his flow by adding Harden on there. You know what I mean? I, I think that could be that could be a detriment. So we got to watch out for that. And plus, Harden, I mean, not Harden, um, PG and Kawhi, they're never healthy. So, I mean, I, I don't really expect them, you know. True thoughts on the trade. Um, let's see. Let's try to keep this as, as positive as possible here. Uh, fuck James Harden. Um, and anybody that love him, uh, that's, that's one. Secondly, I'm not moved by this because I know James Harden. If anybody has known James Harden's prowess when it comes to winning, I have been shitting on James Harden. He is my nemesis in the NBA. Some might think my nemesis in the NBA in terms of people who I dislike is LeBron, and that's not true. I am appreciative of LeBron and what he does. Not so much anymore, but as a whole totality of a career, I think he has been amazing. However, when it comes to James Harden, what the fuck has James Harden ever done except bitch his way out of situations that he was gifted and given? You got traded four times, nigga. You got traded four times. Like, you're a loser. You're a perennial loser, just like SGA is right now in this OKC game. But you're a, <laughs> you're a fucking loser, bro. Like, you, you, you were in Houston. You came to Houston. You were the sole star in Houston. You didn't. Really, you you did okay as a sole star. He shows he could be a number one option at that point to get you at least fifty some wins and get you to you know be somewhat successful. So shout out to James Harden in 2013, 2014, and then 2000. Well, 2014 he got Dwight Howard, who although people say Dwight Howard wasn't in his prime, which is true, Dwight wasn't in his prime. Um, Dwight still would go out there and, uh, you know, still go out there and contribute 15 and 10, uh, sometimes more than that. Uh, I mean, James Harden in 2015, do we not for, do we not, do we forget when they were down one, uh, three, one against the LA Clippers, the Rockets made a run in game six to push it to a game seven, if I'm not mistaken. And Harden was on the fucking bench. Like you're a loser. And you left Houston after having Westbrook, Chris Paul. You won 65 games with Chris Paul. You were like third or fourth seed with Westbrook. Y'all were like rolling there. Both averaged like 26, 27 or something like that. Or some shit like that. Like Harden is not the same player anymore. Obviously, his, he never really was like the most athletic guy. He was never really uh, really anything special in my, in my opinion. So I just, you know, I, I just look at it like, this trade to me doesn't do much because you went from being a number one option to you went to Brooklyn to where you weren't the best player on that team. You could be second option some night, sometimes your third option behind Kyrie and, and KD. Uh, sometimes it was second, sometimes it was third. You're okay with that role. 
Now, uh, th then you got traded to Philly, where you're obviously second option behind Embiid. But then you got Tyrese Maxey, who started to come up and get his own, you know, get his own run. Maxey is 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 showing and proving, I think, so far this year that he's willing to step up and maybe push for being a coming all star, becoming you know all NBA type of player. That's what Tyrese Maxey is going to do. And when you have a James Harden who is kind of like in the way, uh, he helped Philly last year, but he pushed, right? Wasn't that the talk? He pushed his way out of Brooklyn because he wanted to be in Philly. He wanted to be around Meek Mill and all that dumb shit. And now what is it? You want to go back to L.A. You want to go back home. That's what you wanted to do. Like, James Harden is a loser, and he a, he's a bitch. Like, he's a bitch. I, I don't respect James Harden at all. I have never looked at him in the way people have looked at him. I have always been a, not a fan of his game, especially when he was like flopping, trying to draw all these free throws. He just played horrible brands of basketball in Houston. Then he started playing a decent, decent brand of basketball in Brooklyn, somewhat decent in Philly. And it's like maybe he'll carry that over to L.A., but he's just not the same player anymore. And I think Kawhi Leonard right now, Kawhi Leonard is playing a back-to-back -to -back tonight against the Lakers. About to, you know, he's doing a back-to-back -back right, like right now. And that's crazy to me because Kawhi never does that. But say come game 50, 55, we don't know what Kawhi Leonard is going to be. We don't know what Paul George is going to be health-wise. You know, we say this every single year. And it's like maybe this is the year that they make it through healthy. And every single year they don't make it through healthy. So I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't think this really does a whole, whole lot. Because, once again, there's only one basketball. And I know that's been said time and time again. And a lot of these different teams have shown and proven that they can, you know, at least work together in a regular season setting. When it comes to the playoffs, Paul George does not have the greatest record in the, in the playoffs. Uh, Russell Westbrook damn sure don't have the best record uh, in the playoffs, especially the last five, six years. Um, James Harden also does not. Kawhi Leonard is the only one who's had finals, uh, true finals experience uh, on that team. Obviously, Russ and, and Harden had that, you know, 2012, but they were really, really young. Uh, you know, so I, I don't really even look at that as being like, a, and they lost in five. So um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think this trade really does too, too much. I think uh, Ty Lue will find a way to figure it out. But if Harden had issues in Brooklyn, had issues in Philly, it's only a matter of time for he clashes with Ty Lue. He clashed with Doc Rivers. You know what I mean? He he clearly him and Embiid, their relationship wasn't what people act like it was going to be when he first came there. So, you know, how long till Kawhi might get tired of him bullshitting or or maybe Paul George might feel some type of way. These aren't, you know, these like Paul George is not like a, I don't use the term alpha, but he's not like a number one guy, even though I think he has the talent of a number one guy, but he is not a number one guy. So he might be okay you know, uh, conceding, you know, some of those plays to James Harden. But it's like, who's going who's gonna to be their primary scorer in the clutch? It's got to be Kawhi. If Kawhi's not on the court, then who's their primary scorer? You're going to go with Paul George in the clutch? He He's iffy. James Harden in the clutch? Iffy. Russell Westbrook in the clutch? Russell Westbrook in his MVP season was way more clutch than any of them niggas have ever been. So we're not looking at MVP Russell anymore. So I don't, like I said, I don't know how this is going to work. I think Philly only did the deal because they're trying to get assets for they got a lot of expiring contracts. They got some, some uh, picks. They're probably going to move all of that to try to get a star to replace James Harden. I've heard some names thrown around. Um, don't know how well that's going to go for them. 
But without Harden, they're doing okay anyway. You know, Maxi more than makes up for uh, Harden's, um, you know, scoring output. I think if they can find a way to get somebody who can run point, uh, some, some better options that can run point, they they might be able to do something. Or just another good score, uh, somebody who can get you 15 or 20, uh, you know, with your assets that you just got. But uh, Nicholas Platoon and fucking, uh, you know, Robert Covington, like these are washed, washed up old bodies. They're not helping nobody. Covington was already in, in Philly before. He does not move the needle. Neither does Batum. Neither does anybody else that they've traded for. Uh, they literally probably did that just to get picks. And hopefully they take all those names and find a way to move them. Um, you know, but for now, it's what Embiid, Maxi, Tobias Harris. Uh, that That's the team there. Uh, don't really see the 76ers. Um, doing much, you know, already <laughs> already thought they were going to be like fourth, third, fourth, fifth in the East already anyway. So nothing changes. So. Um, what do you guys is, uh, go ahead. Was it real quick? I just wanted to make this point about the Clippers. Um, it, It's kind of showing that like, this is like the final, uh, like straw <laughs> for this Kawhi PG era. Like, you know what I mean? Because I think this window is going to be closing after this year because all of them is going to be up um, for free agency. All four of these guys that we just talked about on the Clippers. So it's like, you know, there's going to be a, it's going to be a questionable uh, future for this franchise. So they're going all in. And I don't know if it's going to work because they already didn't have anything left in the coffers as far as picks and stuff. So like they literally had nothing, <laughs> and they gave up that damn number. They they gave up that damn first round pick that they was trying to hold when um they was offering Tyrese Mann, but they wound up giving it up anyway. So I I, I kind of still think the Sixers made out a little better. We'll we'll see we'll see. But as far as future wise, definitely Sixers made out better than Clippers. What has stood out to you guys? What, what what's your thoughts on the week one of the NBA? Axe. Well, one thing, I'm going to just get it out the way now. These Celtics are on a mission this season. We just won our game 155 to 104. Like, we're not playing around with teams and shit. We're deep. Tatum's finally attacking the basket and posting up like I've been wanting him to. We defend. We got multiple ways we can hit you up. Like, it's championship or bust this season. That's one thing. Just want to get it out the way. Um... I'm impressed with how Cam Thomas has been playing to start the season. Um, finally getting his shot, averaging 30 a game over the first few games. Um, I told people that Milwaukee would struggle as far as um, perimeter defense, and Toronto clapped him up by 20, and they had three players that shot over 65% while scoring over 20. So... I, like I told people before, the Bucks don't want no smoke with the Celtics, and it's going to be proven. Um, and I'm impressed with Luka. His start to the season averaged 39 a game to start the year. Um, that's been very impressive. There's a lot of young talent, too. Uh, Detroit's been a little better than expected. Orlando has, for the most part. A lot of young talent in the league. Paulo, what about you? Um. I well, I would like to say that um, I also thought that the uh, Celtics was going to be the top team in the East. Um, said that on the last couple of podcasts, um, and especially when that Dame trade happened um, with the with the Bucks and all that. Now, while impressive they were, 
<laughs> especially in that debut, uh, Dame's debut. Um, they barely, <laughs> they barely won, and that was a hardenless Sixers team. So it's like, uh, you can kind of see, like, all right, we'll follow the firepower. Let's see about the defense because that's what Dame doesn't really offer. Uh, well, they're currently giving up the cheeks in fucking Toronto right as we speak, fucking uh, hey, up my parlay. So hey, you're right exactly. on. Exactly. So, I mean, so it is what it is. It's still early, but of course, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just funny how these things are panning out. Um, Wimbayama, um, I, mean, I, I, I buy into this kid. You know, he's still, and, and the beautiful thing is he's still learning, of course. Like, now, one one critique I have of him is his penchants to always be on the perimeter. I think he needs to bring his ass down low. But I mean, look, he got to get a little. He has to get a little bigger. But I mean, well, damn, he's big enough where nobody's going <laughs> to be able to stop him. You just got to park down in the post a little more, kind of get more balance to his game. Once he does that, you know, and I'm sure Pop is telling him that, but Pop wants him to play his way first so he can see his full strengths and his full weaknesses. So um, I, I I like them and then uh, their supporting cast, uh, Vassell Vassell Devin Vassell. I mean this kid, he can he play. can ball he can ball. Um, Kelvin Johnson he can ball. Now the, now these boys was there you know for the past year or two and we can see flashes of them. So that's already good building blocks for uh for the Spurs. And of course uh, Sochan now he has a full time role as a as a point guard. So we're seeing him uh, um come on a little more. Um, let me see uh shit. I think a couple of teams are who, who we thought they were, the Wizards, you know, like the usual the usual guys. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, they suck. Um, now, uh, Luca, Luca, I'm always impressed with. That's 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 my boy right there. Uh, Denver still looks good. I, I I think Denver looks good. You know, you know, for for what it's worth, you know, what's that championship? Uh, uh, what you get jet lag or what, like I, I forgot the term that they called it like fatigue or, or something like that when it's like man all right we already won we, don't, we might put our foot off the brakes stuff like that no they actually you know look pretty good um I still think that they're missing Bruce Brown I mean I, I still think that as far as an offensive standpoint because um, they because you know you can't really count on Michael Porter Jr. consistently as much as I like him as a player and uh, um you know you can't really count him consistently like that but um Jokic is still Jokic. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think, oh, yeah, the Warriors. Oh, my God, Steph. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. I've seen it. When they got when they got beat by the, the Lakers last year in the playoffs, it was just like, yo, Steph was this in rare form. And I'm like, yo, this boy going to be in midseason form once the season starts. And we're already seeing him. You're like, what, two or three, 40-plus games already? Like, he, he he's going to ham right now. Yeah, he's cooking. True, though. He's cooking right now. Um, and, I, you know, it's good to see. Uh, it's a good feeling. Um, Lakers, I mean, Lakers are so, so, I mean, uh, I, I didn't buy in too much into their offseason. <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell, I, I just didn't like that that re-signing at all. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, as much as I don't like James Harden, <laughs> he was probably better off being on the Lakers um, than the Clippers, but it is what it is. Um uh, so they, they like they're so so they'll get it together, but I mean they're still relying on what almost forty year old LeBron. I mean, and as magnificent as he looks, come on man, he shouldn't have to 
exert everything so early. And I don't like that. I don't like the fact that they got these close games so soon. Like, man, y'all already over overexerting your energy. Uh and especially his, because he's he's still the best player on the team. Um, so it's uh, that's cause AD's a weenie, bro. Like he I mean well, hey, look, well look. I I I I I I vehemently disagree that he's the best player on the team. He is the most reliable player probably on the team. I don't think he's the best anymore. But well, Anthony Davis, yes, is the best, but when you're not consistent like him. He's a bitch. I mean, well, it'd be fair, it'd be fair. Braun has not been that great in these first four games either to me. Not, he, yeah, he's had some flashes. Like, like when he, you know, but he's been slacking a little bit. We start on, calling this call this show He's a Bitch with DAR Sports Media. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Like, Andy Day's been a bitch. Yeah, he's been a bitch. I don't give a fuck. Fuck him. I mean, Anthony Davis, Davis he, he's I don't know what it is, man. I I know what it is. I know what it, it is. Bitch. It bitch. That's <laughs> what it is. But yeah. He, he can go out there and hoop. He can go out there and hoop if he wants to. Like the same, like what happened to me, and I, I said this, I said this a long time ago. Anthony Davis went to the Lakers. He got the championship. And he thought that the accolades of winning that championship was gonna erase every other thing that's happened in his career. He thought that, okay, I'm good. I'm LeBron. I got this championship. And it didn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You come back the next season, you're you out of shape. For, you know, for basketball, you out of shape. You came back in the season out of shape. They started mm-hmm. off, like, struggling. They, uh, you know, he couldn't stay healthy because he was too big. We saw that when he came back. He had, he, he had like, packed on 20 pounds. But it's like, it's what you do with that weight. You don't want to play the five. You don't want to go down there and, and, and play in the post like that. Even though that's where you can excel at, you want to take these fucking mid-range jumpers that you're not that good at. Like, he, he doesn't play to his strengths. And when he played to his strengths was the one fucking season that they won the championship in L.A. That was it. A lot of things had to go right for them to win that championship because everything else has went wrong ever since. Now, uh, now real quick, real quick, before, before, before you go in, um, I just want wanted to comment on one, one last team that was the Suns. Um, and and I, we made this uh, a few of us made this prediction in other episodes, but the Suns not being healthy. They started the season not being healthy, and KD is, is struggling. <laughs> you know, with, with with Eric Gordon and uh, uh and uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like they they have respectable numbers that last game, but come come on, man. Uh, and I'm looking at Bradley Bill and, and Devin Booker. Uh, come on, man. Like, anybody who was really thinking, like, oh, you're Sanjo, if, if, if. It's too many ifs with the, with the Clippers and the Suns to me. When it, come, when it comes to Kevin Durant, uh, Bradley Bill, and uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George teams, it's a whole bunch of ifs. And it's like, come on, man. When, when are we going to stop the ifs? <laughs> we know. Just like Anthony Davis, we gotta stop the ifs. We know he's gonna be who he is, and like I said, more t- he's more talented one, of course. But it's just like, yo, you're not playing like consistently. So I mean, they can get the fuck out of here, kind of. And like, trees trees laid it out perfectly. So um, yeah, that's 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 how I feel about that. Oh yeah, and Portland stinks. Scoot, what is wrong with you? But it is what it is. <laughs> 
flop, bro. That is a that nigga is a flop. I, I'm I'm disappointed because I thought he was going to show up, yeah, uh, show out, especially with Anthony Simons not right not being healthy. You you would think he would make turnovers. I don't I like so far this season. It's funny we talk. You mentioned the Nuggets, yo, because you mentioned the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are uh, struggling against the, the Timberwolves right now. <clears throat> um, and it just it looks bad to me. It's, I don't know. It just looks bad. But another thing I think it's interesting about the about the Nuggets. I'll say this: the Nuggets have an amazing starting five. And that's it. That's how I feel. You know, I don't see the Nuggets. Like, I think the Nuggets have the, the great opportunity to go back to back, you know. But when you get to that, like, that, that second unit, I don't see, like, I, I'm, I don't see anything there that's, like, really, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you got Reggie Jackson as your backup, you know, backup guards. Like, I just don't – and in 2023, I just don't see that, that being anything. Um, but, you know, I'll say this. Uh, it's just there's a couple things. You know, me and – I mean, all of us were on the on the thought process of, like, Chris Paul going to Golden State, uh, that being, you know, whatever. And none of us were not happy about that. I, I know I damn sure was. But – I can admit when I'm wrong, and so far, I was extremely wrong because he bought into coming off the bench, and that is where he was going to excel. He is excelling off the bench. He That second unit for Golden State is damn good because Moody and Kaminga are taking those leaps. Um, even the, uh, the, the two rookies they got um, – uh, fucking Jackson Davis and uh, and the white boy pods like uh, they they are showing up and even in, you know and I think that's you know last year I I hate to say it but maybe maybe the Jordan bullshit really was like maybe it real that really was just it maybe it, you know like I know Steve Kerr I've rapped this on a song uh, before I, I watched the Warriors and get sick of Kerr. Because he makes some dumbass decisions as a coach, but maybe the synergy was really that fucked up because of Jordan Poole and his decision making. Because watching him in Washington, he still plays the same erratic, stupid way. And you know, I don't understand uh, the way Jordan Poole plays. I think Chris Paul uh, uh, fits a need that the Golden State Warriors had, which is limiting turnovers. And yep. he is absolutely doing a great job at limiting turnovers with that second unit. You put him out there with, um, you know, Sarek and and Moody and Kaminga and Gary Payton, the second who is healthy. And I think that's another thing that that was the issue with the Warriors last year, that not only were their legs, um, you know, they, they had no legs, obviously, against the Lakers and really against the Kings. They barely had their legs against the Kings last year in the playoffs. So Gary Payton didn't look healthy. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't healthy in the playoffs. Kaminga couldn't get no run in the playoffs. Moody finally got some run in the playoffs, but it wasn't enough. Uh, you know, maybe if they were healthy last year, maybe they could have, you know, took the Lakers to seven there. They could have pulled out, you know, game one and game four, which was basically decided by three or four points. So I think the Warriors so far, like I said, I, I see something there with them in terms of uh, what they've been 
able to put together Chris Paul running the second unit. I think the starters of the Warriors need to get it together besides Steph, obviously. Clay is not looking that great. Uh, he's played, he played some good defense in the first couple games. Uh, Wiggins is looking like trash right now, but I think it'll I think that'll bounce back, you know, in in, in time. He he's he's been decent defensively, so uh offensively he don't have to do as much. So hopefully that bounces back. Draymond ain't really, you know, he just got bad. Looney's been decent too. Um, but uh I think the one team that I I guess I'm not surprised, but I thought would be a little bit better, uh, is the Cleveland Cavaliers so far. Um I know they're I know they're about to win this game against uh against the Knicks right now, but I I just it's just something about them. They just feel like I didn't think they were gonna be a threat, but I thought, you know, I thought they were just gonna play a little bit differently or play a little bit better. And and you know, they got destroyed the other night. Um I, I didn't I didn't like what I saw from them. Um I'm not I'm not entirely impressed with the Heat either, but I think I think this is a problem too. I think I I mean I might have said this on Twitter, I might have said this on the show. I I hate I hate regular season Jimmy Butler. Um I think that's the problem. That's why they were eighth seed last year, because Jimmy Butler said it himself he didn't take the regular season serious until after All Star break. And I think that's corny as shit. Yep. I think you get and you know, you get paid fucking 50, 60 million dollars a year, you need to take, you know, you may not take every 80, all the 82 games serious. You might not play all 82 games, but if you, if you go out there and you suit up for 75, nigga, you need to take them 75 games serious. Like, or at least 70 of, of those, you know, maybe you, you, you let a couple slip and you can't like that, but like you get paid to do this. Like you, I, I don't, I don't respect that shit at all from, from Jimmy Butler. And I think, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn went out there and beat them. I, I, I don't, you know, Brooklyn's one of those teams where it's like they just kind of inconsequential. Like there's nothing, uh, nothing there for me. But with them, where I don't think they're not going to go far. Um, the Wizards look terrible, as as like like Paulo said, as we expected. Um, I'm like on the fence about the about the Hawks. Um, you know, Hornets. I like I like uh I like my boy Miller out there in Charlotte. I I, I do like him. Um, you know, ain't anxious to see what he gets to do in his in his rookie season. Um, not like I said, it's it's not a lot of teams that I'm I'm looking to. I would like to see the the Mavericks before I get into the other teams. I would like to see the Mavericks and what they do when Kyrie can actually play. Um, Kyrie has not played really. Did he, did he play like what? Did he play the first game? I think maybe like the first game of the season. That was it. Um, this has been all Luca, and I would like to see Kyrie, Kyrie play. I think Grant Williams, however, is actually doing very well, surprisingly, in his role uh, in Dallas um, so far. So uh, shout out to Grant Williams. Um, but yeah, uh, the Bulls suck to me. Uh, have not been impressed by the Bulls. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are trash. To me, uh, as well, I did not expect much from the Grizzlies without Java Rat, but I definitely didn't expect them to be as bad as they've been to start off. I mean, if you're watching, you know, watching the game while we're recording this, obviously when people hear this, it'll be the next day. They're getting beat by the Utah Jazz by like 25 points right now. So I, you know, I thought Desmond Bain might take a like, take another leap. Uh, he he has been pretty decent right now. I think he's averaging like 25 a game. But he's like literally their only actual score. Jaron Jackson Jr. 
Like, where are you? Um, Marcus Smart, what the fuck? Like, what was he supposed to do anyway? You know? Um, as far as, you know, as far as the other teams that we we, we all talked about, like the, uh, you know, the Suns and the, and the Lakers and stuff, I mean, Paulo said enough uh, to me about about the Lakers. Like I said, I, I, I never, I never, I never buy the Lakers hype uh, anyway. I haven't for the last three, four years. I think last year they got lucky with the trades and, you know, like, I think maybe once every two, three years, the Lakers can make those trades where they'll make that big of a difference. I'm sure they have another trade that might be coming up, but it's all about LeBron's health and Anthony Davis's health. Anthony Davis wants to play all 82 games, so maybe that's why he act like a bitch and a good amount of them, because if you don't go hard for half of those games, maybe you, maybe you can make it through without an injury. But I don't see – I don't see LeBron making it through the season fully healthy. I don't see AD making it through the season fully healthy. And that's not like, I'm not wishing that on him. I just, you know, LeBron's almost like 40 and this is year 21. Uh, his body does not move with the same as it used to. Uh, he's, he's still really good for his age for sure. He's still really good to have 21 years in. Um, he he can still play make like, like he's always been able to play make. Um, you know, obviously defense, defense going to run through AD. And nothing like LeBron is not going to go out there and play defense like he did when he was 29. So, and he shouldn't be expected to, but I don't see the Lakers really doing much. We already, you know, already, already covered the Clippers. I mean, I, I think the Lakers will, you know, be a playoff team. I don't necessarily see them going to the finals this year just, just because of health. And I, uh, that Austin Reeves shit look a little fake right now to me. You know what I'm saying? That, that shit from last year look a little fake, but, you know, I mean, he, he's still a decent player, but I think teams now can game plan for him. And it's it's like the Jordan Poole shit, right? Jordan Poole won a championship uh, with the with the Warriors. He came back the next year. People game plan for him now. Now you're guarding him a certain way. Now you know how to like where he goes. He goes. He might go left. He might you know make him go right. He might not be able to draw contact. He might have, like now you know how to game plan for these people and you know game plan for this team. And I think Austin Reeves is dealing with that. D'Lo has always been ass ninety eight percent of the time. So. And that 2%, you know, that he might win you a couple games, it's not really worth the hassle. Don't know why they brought him back. Christian Wood is another one. He's had a couple, you know, decent showings. But when, when it comes down to, like, the important games, he's not – he's going to be a non-factor. Um, the Suns, I mean, Paulo said it best. There's nothing that the Suns are going to do. The Suns are not going to uh, take this uh, – Bradley Bill is cooked. I don't know if y'all saw the video of him shooting – and uh, practice, Bradley Bill's back looks fucked. He does not look good. That does not look good. I know he might be taking it easy with his shots, but he, he looks like he is like six to eight weeks away from actually being able to do like contact on the court. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that's everybody. I didn't I uh, didn't talk about, uh, I guess, the, the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks tonight, like, you know, they got the ass whooped by the Raptors. Um, I, I, I said it before. Defense is going to be an issue in the backcourt. You got Malik Beasley as your starting two right now. Um, you got fucking Damian Lillard as your, as, as your starting point guard. So whoever whoever has a decent backcourt is going to eat you up. That's just that's just a fact. I mean, you get you got, you know, Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez in your front court, but Sometimes that really don't matter. I think Brooke Lopez is struggling with this new dynamic a little bit too. Starting out, um, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton can never stay healthy. Um, so you know, uh, 
I, I, I don't really see see the Bucks being that much of a factor. The Celtics do. I hate to admit this because Axe is on here. You know, I don't like to give the Celtics too much credit when I'm on something to Axe. But, uh, you know, I am thinking that the Celtics probably, this is this is probably their year. I think all signs point to it being their year. You know, they you know, went to the finals the year, the year uh, you know, again, two years ago. And then they got close to the finals again this past season. Um, so I think this might be their year uh, if all things go well. They got a good team. Uh, they got some good depth on that team right now. Um, so I think right now the Celtics are the most – I think the Celtics, uh, you know, Nuggets, Warriors, uh, see what the Clippers do. Um, yeah, those are the teams that stick out to me. I, I, I was going to give some credit to OKC. Uh, until tonight, we, you know, oh, now SGA won't fucking score. Send this bitch to overtime. Send this bitch to overtime. Motherfucker, you could have did this shit earlier. You could have did this shit earlier. Lame we, ass. We have been joined by our, our, our good friend from the Eclipse 30 Game podcast and a regular contributor on DAR Sports Media, uh, Powerhouse Peagle. Um, we were given thoughts on a uh, week one of the NBA and we renamed the podcast. This dude is a bitch. So you go ahead and give your thoughts on, on who is a bitch. <laughs> oh, I got a lot of this dude is a bitch considering that both Giannis and Dame fucked my parlay up. <laughs> bitch ass niggas. SGA fuck my parlay up. <laughs> same, yep. same here. He got 20 yep. parlay still fucked up. I needed 25. No, same, no, let me go to overtime. Same, same, same. Man, look, it that that might be a rapper. Julius Randle, bitch. <laughs> Put him down for 15. He got six. <laughs> he got six. He had six points. He had six points. Fuck is he doing? Jalen Brown, bitch. <laughs> Not no left hand hand and mother having motherfucker. 16 points. Can't even give me 20. Jordan Poole, you already got your Sonic rings punched out, bitch. (laughs) Got that fucking contract went over there. You supposed to be the man. You in D.C. You supposed to be the baddie whisperer. You supposed to be out here with all these these women. You supposed to get your 25 a game. Can't even give me 20. You a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's where I'm at with it, man. Fuck it. Just e- be... everybody. Everybody's fucking merchants today. They all selling shit. Fuck I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna look at this slate for tomorrow. We gotta like... get a we gotta get a that could be a segment for people every week. <laughs> Who's a bitch? Oh <laughs> uh, still. I watch tomorrow uh, be a better watch tomorrow be a better betting day than, than today is because they only got they, they got NBA TV games, so motherfuckers always play better. While, while I'm thinking about it, mother, matter of fact, let's go rewind to yesterday. Corbin Carroll, bitch. Couldn't even give me two hits. That's all I, I need. When I seen you that know, shit, you I told me, like, yeah, you told me motherfucker was going to sell. I knew the motherfucker was going to sell when I put the bet in. Shit. I seen that shit. I'm like, nah, nigga. Corbin Carroll, speaking of which, speaking of which, I'm glad I ain't make no bet on this game tonight. Oh, no, this shit was terrible. This was a bad, yeah, this was a bad this one. A terrible bad baseball one. game. And we don't even talk about baseball in the show. That this motherfucker got a hit, too. That's the worst part. What? terrible. <laughs> what has stuck out to you about week one of the NBA there, Peagle? Um, 
I think the main thing is is just how bad everybody looks. Like right now, the two best looking teams in the league are the Nuggets and the Warriors. As weird as it is. And the Nuggets are struggling against the fucking Temple. Well, my bad, my bad. The three best teams, Nuggets, Warriors, and Celtics. I'll give Yo, I will Axe give looks like Axe's, he was in physical, he was in physical he was pain physical, when you said that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the Celtics look good. But don't the only thing with the Celtics is is like how much do you trust? I trust Jason Tatum. I, I do. I, I I think if he could just stop trying to be Kobe and just mm-hmm. play his game. He'll be fine. I don't trust Jalen, like at all, and I—that's just coming from having played basketball since I was basically three. I can't trust a motherfucker who don't dribble, can't dribble with his left hand, especially if you're a pro. <laughs> you got, you got to be able to at least do that. If if the 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 strategy for that motherfucker is make him go left at 27, 28 years old with eight, nine years in the league, that's a problem. But. Ain't like he's still he he's still a good defender. He can still get his buckets, but they go as far as that pair goes, not just Jason. Like he, Jason is not going to be able to just hold everything down and carry that by himself. If Jalen holds up his end of the bargain, they'll probably be a top three seed in the West, probably top two. Um, but as far yeah, as far as the rest of the, I mean, fucking Heat are like what one and four, and I think. They only got the one because they barely beat the Pistons. Like, oh, man, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be a fucking eleven seed at this rate. Um, the Suns, I mean, they just they shit their pants against the fucking Spurs, and the Spurs ain't got shit but Wimby and a bunch of niggas who think they Ricky Davis looking at LeBron. So I, I just I got no faith in that. Like True said, man, Bradley Bill out there looked like he cooked. Like it, it looked more like he said six to eight week injury. That looked like that nigga might be done. I mean, the way he was shooting that ball, it looked like it hurt to think about shooting. I just, I don't see him coming back before All Star break with any symbols of looking like at least what he thinks he should look like. God damn, hell um, of a medical staff they got out there at the Suns. He passed that physical. <laughs> hey, look, man, you know, somebody slipped somebody Something a 20 happened, on a handshake, man. you know. Something happened in between the off seat, like like the preseason and and I guess now because I think didn't he play in like one of the preseason games? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Devin Booker played in in the opening game and he he's still out too. So which is wild because niggas used to talk about Phoenix training staff like it was the shit when Shaq got there because Shaq yeah, made Shaq, a fucking yeah. all star team and niggas was like, damn, they got the fountain of youth out there. Not no more. Not no, no more. more. Uh, so we had a, a a listener question that I wanted to run by you guys, um, or an observation. Uh, me and Apollo and Axe were actually talking about it before everybody just jumped on, and I want to start off with Apollo since he runs the scouting the uh, his uh, scouting agency. Somebody pointed out that in the next few years, the majority of not mass majority, like six out of ten, seven out of ten, maybe five out of ten. Uh, the majority of the top 10 players in the NBA are going to be foreign players. And that's, you know, a huge change, um, especially in, and you're talking also like you definitely like the top three, because you, you, you know, a lot of people would put Luca in there. I think we all put uh Jokic up at the top. Um, 
and then you know SGA is climbing as well. Uh, no more. Uh, Embiid. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, bunch of these guys. What? What do you think the deal is with that moving? Uh, is it as simple as well? It's one country versus the rest of the world, so pure numbers. After this game starts becoming really popular and becoming a way out for these guys, um, that's just pure numbers. It's gonna it's gonna make it so a lot of the top ten, top twenty is gonna be uh, occupied by foreign players, or is it something else? Apollo, what do you think? So, I think it's. Well, it's it's right now. It's a lot of analytics, um, and it's the it's just the way that things are going because it's the fundamentals, as we said uh, earlier. Um, the fundamentals and how these international guys are taught and how early they're taught with those fundamentals and the culture of whatever culture, whatever country that they're from, it's probably not going to be like America. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. So you have a lot of distractions in America um, as opposed to what you do in, in, in these international countries. So a lot of these guys, they're like, you know, basketball centric and, you know, they can, and they can, they can get better without really, you know, with a lot of the, 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 the hullabaloo <laughs> that goes on. Um, also, um, when you when you notice a lot of like international guys, it's usually a lot of guys that can do it all because that's where the game is right now. Guys that can do it all, and and with height, the, like everybody six eight on up. If you can if you can handle the ball, you can shoot from from everywhere on the floor, all three levels. We're talking about you know fifteen twenty feet from the basket, mid range. And be beyond the three, and a lot of these kids, they can do that because these growth spurts that they have, they just be like, oh shit. And even with the guards, uh, a lot of guards international, these guys are like six, 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 seven. So it's like, damn, you know, uh, you know, these guys do it all. Now that's not saying that you know the American kids can't do it because you know we still have the best talent. It's just a lot of guys don't make their potential, don't hit their potential, and it's a lot of discipline issues as well, um, that might that might inhibit um some of the American guys. But th that just goes to say, like I said, the analytics, the owners are listening to the 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 nerds, the numbers guys, um, and they're telling them, hey, if you get this guy at this you know at this particular height, maybe a six six nine six ten, uh, guy that can you know shoot from everywhere, he he can rebound, he can play defense. Like that is where they are headed. That's where they're looking at. And if you can get a kid, like I said, that you can mold yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, like look at women. He, I mean, he's from France. This boy, he, not only is he extraordinarily tall, but he's like a fish out of water. He don't really, you know, know what's going on in American culture like that. He's a, he's a real damn there. I say shy kid, <laughs> But, you know, we'll see how it is. Luca was like that. Giannis was like that. But you see, after a while, you know what I'm saying, after you get positioned well enough, these guys, the, the, the Americana grows on them. And you know what I'm saying? You can you can kind of see the see the, the change. But um, they they figured that, like, we get guys that we can mold 
You know what I'm saying? He, he he's not gonna cause no drama, and he can do everything else that this kid can do. They'll take they'll take more of a chance on him. Axe, what do you think? Well, I feel like the whole international versus us thing is a little overblown. In all honesty, they're ahead of us as far as big men, like centers and power forwards. As far as the guards and wings, they haven't surpassed us yet. I also feel like um they have an advantage when it comes to playing throughout the year and not having to worry about school. Like they can turn professional at 13 or 14. I think if America was allowed to do that, um, we would surpass them. I also feel like it's still some American players that's going to be in the top 10 a few years from now. I mean, Patrick MVPs have been formed. I understand, but I just feel like we're still superior. And it's a slight overreaction. You got a lot of countries. The only other country that I say is close to us, in my opinion, is Canada. I think they probably got the most talent out of anybody when it comes to, like, 1 through 15. Because, like, these other countries, I mean, Serbia's, they got Jokic, but outside of him, they don't have, like, a plethora of players that, like, you got, there's only a couple players per country. Canada's the only other team I feel like is close. Spain and France, too. Spain, Spain and France are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know. The Spanish players don't come over here and cook like that. No, I feel, like the Soul Brothers. Yeah, you got. You said what? No, I said no. I, I feel you. I'm just saying, like as far as I remember, Rudy Fernandez hype, bro. He was supposed to come over here whoop ass. He was here for a couple years in Portland and got on and went back to Spain because he couldn't hack. It was somebody else too. It was a guard. I forgot his name. But like, I don't know, man. Like. I just feel like the big men are they're ahead of us in the world, but overall, with the other positions, nah, they ain't seeing us. America still reigns supreme with this basketball shit. Oh, USA, USA. What do you think, there, Peagle? Um, we got we're gonna have the majority of the top ten, the majority of the top twenty, probably even taken up by foreign players here in the I next think, few years. I think there's something to the top ten being taken up. I think. Top twenty is a is a bit of a stretch just because of the level of talent that's in the country, but top I don't think top ten is at all because you don't need but a few to come out of every country, and the main issue is like Paulo says fundamentals. I mean, AAU ball hasn't changed since I was playing AAU ball. It these coaches barely teach defensive slides, they barely teach mid range game. They just in it for themselves. AAU is like the worst thing to happen to American youth basketball. So like, my thought ever when a when when Axe brought it up, when Apollo brought it up, how these guys can go pro, a lot of our AAU ball, all of our stuff is a lot of um, everything in America, that, that this whole system, it's about look at me so you can get picked up to go to another level. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're, if you're already pro, you're already picked up. So from that 14-year-old age, if you're already playing pro, there's no – you you fit into the system and you do your job so you can maintain that job. Whereas here, AAU and even a lot of college, it's it's showing off so that somebody else notices you at another level. Yeah, because these coaches ain't teaching these kids shit, and that, and that's the thing. And I mean, ask coaches, so he's he's seen the shit firsthand. Like a lot of these coaches are not teaching these kids in America how to actually play the game. 
how to move and talk on defense, how to pass the ball and move without the ball. None of that shit's getting taught. But these other motherfuckers over there across the pond is. And that's how you get a 6'11 motherfucker like Jokic who can run your break, who can shoot from three, who can shoot from the mid-range, who can pass because they're taught how to do all of that shit. Jokic can't play defense because he, you know, he grew up a chubby kid. You know, he was a little slow. Like, Jokic got, like, slow feet. His footwork is incredible, but he has slow feet. That's just some shit that you kind of, you either got that athletically or you don't. But you look at a motherfucker like Wimby, his parents taught him how to walk and how to run at that height so that his feet aren't up under him when he's trying to dribble. So he looks like a insanely fluid Kevin Durant at 7'5". But they're teaching him how to do shit like that. We couldn't have a seven-foot-tall dude in America be a Wimby because they don't teach kids how to handle their bodies correctly and how to move and how to think the game. So we're getting by on talent. They're getting by on fundamental, and that's why you see motherfuckers like Giannis out here winning MVPs, Jokic winning two or three MVPs and a championship. You see all these foreign-born players coming over and dominating because, like, Luka came into the NBA and said, it was easier to score over here because he's seeing the game differently than a lot of these motherfuckers who were born in America are. There's a lot more open lane. It's like it's like Luka's looking at an NFL zone defense and just seeing people sitting in the zones all game long, and he's like, is it really this fucking easy? And the rest of the motherfuckers grew up in America. They looking at man defense and going, man, these windows too tight. Like they're, they're just seeing the game different because they're taught to see it different. Yep. If you teach these young kids in America at the AAU level early, how to actually play the game, the fundamentals and shit will catch up and there won't be any surpassing us on that level because the talent level is what it is. If you t- if you match the fundamentals with the talent, we're going to run rough shot over everybody for the rest of time. But that's not what it is, because even the coaches out here trying to get on. And that's half the problem with the shit. The coaches trying to get on. They're not trying to put the kids on the shit. And then the kids just trying to get out here and get it for themselves because they know the coaches ain't out here. They just know this is the only way. And, and, and real quick, like I want to piggyback over what people said, like when it comes to like space, see the international team, these, these guys know how to use space. You know what I mean? When it comes to most of the guys in the AAU circuit, they like he said, the windows are too tight. They don't know how to react to space. They don't know how to work within the space. Lucas sees the game different. You know, uh, uh, these guys overseas, they see the game differently. And um, also, man, like I said, and, and like I said before, it's, it's, it's talent, but it's more so what these teams want is intel. They want to know, like, yo, how are you off the court? Do you hang with a whole bunch of fucking thugs or, you know, street niggas or shit that's going to get you jammed up? Because we're investing a lot of money in you. And a lot of the times, I'm not saying these foreign boys are perfect because they're not, they got their stuff too. But it's, it's a higher chance that it's less of that, especially if you're as talented as somebody over here. Like, they're never really going to surpass us as far as pure art talent. But you got to develop that talent, and that's for their edge. True thoughts. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything different than anybody, everybody else did. So, um, I mean, I, I mostly agree um, with the concept of it's 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 a little different overseas than it is here. Um, there, there's a lot more fundamentals taught, a lot more, uh, you know, focus on. I, I believe focus on growing growing your game. Uh, as an individual player and as a team player. And uh, I mean, 
I, I mean, I, I, you know, I guess this, it's possible that the top 10 is mostly, um, you know, I guess, but I mean, we don't, we really don't know what the league is going to look like five to 10 years from now. So we don't know where these players are going to come from. Right. You know, like you get the, the we don't know what the 2030 draft pick is going to be. We don't know what the 2029 draft pick is going to look like, you know, like there's people we thought were going, you know, for sure fire be the, you know, first, first round picks coming, you know, in two or three years and then they fall off. I mean, Imani Bates is a prime example, right? I think, you know, somebody who, you know, you look at and you think, man, this dude going to be the next one. And then he, you know, I mean, he he drafted, he's on, you know, Cleveland and he, he had the opportunity to do so. But I, I think it's, it's, it's hard to tell how the, how the next five to 10 years of basketball is going to shape out because we are in a much different era than say we were 10 years ago. Right. So, um, basketball moves in waves. I would assume it's going to continue with the, you know, uh, you know, foreign and international players kind of, you know, showcasing dominance. Uh, but there's no telling, you know, once Jokic starts to fall off and, um, you know, once Giannis starts to starts to have his fall off and, and you know, I guess then it's Lucas time. I mean, we could say SGA is going to be a guy. I mean, he's, he's Canadian. I don't really look at them. You know I mean, it's, it's, it's that much different. Honestly, personally, I don't really think saw North America, so I don't really look at it much differently, but um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's possible that top 10 is mostly uh, international players, but I mean, there's a lot of good American players right now that are still fairly young. And I'd rather wait and see how they look going forward, if that means, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just wait and see before I just come out and say, yeah. But I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. Um, we really, really, we, you know, we really just don't know. Um, I really just don't know. You know, I think Wimby. I'm interested to see Wimby's trajectory, and you know, maybe in five years, Wimby's the best player in the world. You know, uh, maybe Scoot Scoot turns this bitch around, and he ends up becoming way better than we expect him to be right now. You just you can't. Yeah, you know, certain. Like I said, you, you just can't you can't really just go say yeah for sure this is gonna happen. But I I think it's a, it's a good thought, it's a good it's a good conversation. But I I'm not I I'm like non-committal about you know saying like yeah like for sure this will happen or 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 you know it, it seems that way. It's trending that way, but anything could change, man. You know any anything could change. Like you can get an influx of players in the next two three years, you know, or or somebody you least expect that could could take off and. If that happens, then you know, you know, like three or four players could be. I mean, Tatum could be the best player in the world in two, three years. You know what I'm saying? Tatum and you know some of them other, you know, some other cats. Like you just don't really know right now what the top ten is gonna look like. Uh, we know right now Giannis, Jokic, Luca, um, you know, guys like that. But I mean, like who's to say? You know what I'm saying? Because even with even with those top, you know, even those three guys being high at the top. You can still look at guys like, you know, if you want to say KD, you know, obviously Steph, um, you know, if you want to put Braun and AD in, in, in those conversations as well, um, you know, uh, Devin Booker, if you really want to put him in the conversation, is, you know, like I said, Jason Tatum. So even right now, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a half and half thing. Uh, and I think we're not, I feel like we're not used to it being such a half and half thing with, you know, Embiid and, and Giannis, Jokic and Lucas and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, I feel like it's, it is what it is. I think it's going to remain 
like a half and half. I can't see most of, you know what I'm saying? I just can't see most of most of the, the top 10 being like it could be four or five, maybe, you know, at best, maybe six. But I don't I don't see it being like a full fledged takeover and becoming and I don't I, I just don't even see that being a thing. But it could I could be wrong. Well, on that note, <clears throat> to the NFL. I'm glad you're here, people. Since we had to had to look each other in the eye, you know, like that one meme with with they're staring really intense at each other. I'll post it along with this episode. You were on the Twitter machine perpetrating slander here after this trade, as if your filthy fucking team did not trade for goddamn Kevin Byard just last week. Oh, we're just gonna forget about that. We're not gonna talk about that. Right, moving right on. He's out there where there's no gloves, fucking whooping ass this last Sunday. We're going to act like you guys didn't just acquire a fucking all-pro player out of need area. When we sit here and talk about the almighty Chase Young getting traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And don't worry, I am not going to sit over here and say, oh, we're good to go. Super Bowl, because I have a fucking lot to say about what i saw last weekend and the weeks before that but anytime that you can add a blue chip player like that we now have two number two overall picks on both sides of the line i think chase young is has only tapped a little bit of his potential so far and he's having the best season of his career he's top five in every category other than sacks and he's still top 20 in that Chase Young, 49ers. Peagle, you had a very immediate and passionate response to this happening. Go ahead and tell us about it. So that that was not slander. Me saying, I said, oh, my God, when they first got him. Um, that was me recognizing that y'all got a beast. That being said, motherfuckers is talking to me right now, and their teams have lost multiple games, and that's just nasty work. It is. But... Great. The, the thing with acquiring Tra- Chase Young for y'all, and it's the thing that I've said in particular about the Eagles in relation to other teams, um, because the, immediately after the trade happens, like all the Eagles fan pages threw up the uh, Jordan Mylotta stats from the last game, how Tra- Chase Young had one tackle, no sacks, no hurries, no pressures. And that's fine. But you have to look at both of those units as a unit, as a unit. And with Washington, you yeah, you had Montez on the other side, but you had nothing up the middle. Like they were getting nothing out of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne out the middle. Like nothing. So it becomes easy to block on the edge when you don't have to worry about the middle being collapsed. When you have a team like the Eagles, you're there's nobody to double team. You're not gonna double team Josh Sweat, because then you're leaving Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, and Hassan Reddick on one and ones, and nobody's fucking doing that. And you're not going to go on the other side and double team because you're leaving the other side open. And you're not double teaming across the middle because you're leaving the edges open. This is the type of trade that puts the 49ers in that type of situation. 
because you can't double team Joey Bosa anymore because you're leaving Chase Young on a one and one and you're leaving uh, Javon Hargrave on a one and one. And I know what Javon Hargrave could do because I'm still yep. mad we let him go, even though we got Jalen Carter. Familiar. So they're much improved from that standpoint to where I think it's going to help make up for the fact that one CMC is hurt and inexplicably playing with an oblique injury, which is one of those injuries that should he should be out for like four or five, maybe six weeks that like nobody just plays through that comfortably. Um, Debo is dealing with his shit. The offense, the offense is hurting right now and Brock is suffering as a result. I'm not one of those people that's going to get out here and call Brock a bum as much as it would be funny for me to do so. And I could be very creative in doing so. I'm not going to call him a bum. He's not elite. He's not the greatest quarterback in the league. He's had a very good, incredibly historic stretch of quarterback play that we probably haven't seen in a while. He's probably. He's a quarterback you can win with. And that's something that most teams don't have. You can win with Brock Purdy because he has the one thing that a lot of mediocre quarterbacks don't have. And that's confidence. That motherfucker ain't lacking. for He ain't scared of shit. And that's that's one thing I like about him. He ain't scared of shit. He going to make that throw. Might be a bad that, throw, but he going to make was, that uh, motherfucker. It sounds like you might have listened to it. I was going to bring this up. We'll do the Brock Purdy thing now since you're going in there. Uh, you know, Bobani Jones the other day is one of my favorite pods to listen to. And he, he said, you all thought that this guy was a game manager. He's not going out there to manage no game. He's going no, out he, there to fucking play. He's going yeah. out there to fire that yeah. bitch, man. Yeah. And it ain't like... It ain't like dumb Jay Cutler throws. Like, you would watch Jay Cutler throw the ball, and he'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Brock Purdy's throwing them passes where it's like, I see why you thought you could get that in there. It ain't work, but I I get it. And that's the type of thing that I think this trade will help because you can win a Super Bowl with a great defense and a slightly below-par quarterback. You can't do it the other way around. Like, great quarterbacks and bad defenses – I mean, shit, Jalen lost in the shootout last year, you know, and the defense wasn't bad. It just wasn't getting the job done, and it looked like shits. But you can't get into a shootout and expect to win. Like, that's a 50-50 proposition at that point. But if your defense can do what I think the 49ers will be able to do now, they got a shot. Now, if I'm going to be a homer, fuck them motherfuckers. I think we can can beat them. But as an objective football fan, you know, I, I I like the trade for y'all because I think it does at least help Brock until everybody can get healthy. So uh, my thing on the Brock thing, and, and, and it made me think of it because you brought up, a, you know, a defense in a, in a mid or subpar quarterback. And my overarching um, thing I was going to go into on Brock Purdy this week was, this now, this is 18th game. Like, one would think he's, he's going to get better, right? Because it's his 18th game in the NFL. Uh, so, and, and you know, me and True, we we, we went around a, a little bit about this on Twitter. And and part of it is because you had fucking idiots out here saying he was a top five quarterback and he was this and he was that and he was. So some of it is, I don't want to say self-inflicted because he didn't say it, but a certain amount of hype got added to this quickly, not on this podcast but around that kind of brought some of this on. So I don't want to make this, it's not like a victimization thing, but like, I feel like sometimes the standards that people 
hold this guy to. It's like they completely fucking forget he was playing in his 18th NFL game. Like, what other – can you fucking name me another quarterback in recent memory, all of these high – and this is not even considering he was the last pick of the draft. I'm talking about first-rounders. I'm talking about all these guys who were out there in the 18th game, gained 400 total yards with no running game. Christian McCaffrey averaged three yards a carry up until the last fucking scoring drive in the fourth quarter. No running game, a terrible backup left tackle, primary weapon missing, still gained 400 total yards passing and rushing, made a couple of fucking, admittedly, terrible mistakes, bad mistakes. And people said in his 18th game, those were the stat line. Oh, we're done. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He he is what he is. He was the last pick for a reason. Blah, 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 blah. Can you think when Jalen Hurts was playing in his 18th fucking game, people were people like, oh, we're done. He's done. He can't, he don't got it. Like, can you name any fucking quarterback lately? Who, you know, other than, other than like, homes. other than like Zach Wilson abomination, like this guy does not belong on a fucking football field. Right. But as any other quarterback in 18 games, people have been like, oh, after they've put up the numbers that Brock Purdy has put up, a couple of fucking mistakes, and people are like, oh, he ain't, he don't belong out there. Like, what the, the fuck? The, this is his 18th game. The issue with Brock is the, it's it's like a meme effect. Brock came in as the la- dead last pick in the draft and then showed the fuck out for like 12 games straight. So naturally, everyone wants to be right about Brock. Okay, he's the he's the top five quarterback. Because a lot of times with a quarterback, I like I've always felt within five to six games, you can see what you have. Even if it's not statistically there, you can see what you have. With Brock, it was, oh, he's playing really, really good. He's he's making all these throws. He must be a he must be a top five level quarterback. And then he has three games and now it's his ass because everyone wants to just be right instead of just shutting the fuck up and letting it play out. Because you play in a Kyle Shanahan offense, that five to six game rule does not apply to you. Because of the nature of his offense, where just about anybody can get off. Now, I think it's different because, like you said, Brock is missing very key pieces. Either they're not there or they're flat out not healthy, and he's still making it happen. Guys have played in that offense and not been able to do that. Matt Ryan is a perfect example. Was not able to do it when he didn't have the guys he needed around. Her cousins, same thing. Brock is the only one that's been able to do that. And I think the main thing, the difference between him and those other two is the confidence he plays with. That is like 60% of your quarterback play. You have to be, you got to have big nuts. Can't be a bitch. And one of the biggest things that I want to, uh, you know, because I know there's people out there that will nitpick this, these, these details, those two turnovers. Well, there was three, but it got, one of them got called back for roughing. Um, Thank you, Jalen Moore. Uh, those two turnovers were not because Trent Williams and Debo were missing. Those two turnovers were just bad fucking plays. Um, one of them was a shovel pass that got blown up, and instead of just tucking the ball and dropping to the ground on first and goal, god damn it, Brock, <laughs> he takes off running for no fucking reason because there's no possible positive outcome to that. 
because even if you complete a pass, it's lineman downfield because it's a shovel pass. It's so they're fucking run blocking. Instead of just falling on the ball, he takes off. Linebacker makes the play of his fucking life. It was fucking awful. Second interception was a veteran linebacker. The He turned his head as if he was going to one way and baited Brock into throwing it the other way and jumped right back in the lane and picked it off. So he got tricked by a veteran player making a veteran move. Both of those were not because he was missing players. But both of them also, you would hope, since he's in his 18th game, he could learn from and become better. And that's what I want to say to all we have got to have. And maybe you guys, you know, you're all fans of different fan bases in the NFL. I swear the 49ers have the most dramatic, unstable, just the fucking sky is falling. Anytime everything doesn't go absolutely perfect. Brock's not the guy. I've seen enough. He made a couple bad plays. He had 400 total yards. No running game. Like, was doing it. Ripping great fucking throws. And they're saying, well, he's it's just not the quarterback that can carry him right now. He's in his 18th fucking game. Again, judging players in a way that I've never seen somebody in their 18th game get, get fucking judged. What other quarterbacks are you – it's in their 18th game and people are like, oh, we don't we don't got someone who can carry our offense. Should somebody at the 18th game be carrying your fucking offense? Like, what are you talking about? Now, you, you, you shot Brock – you shot Brock some bail on the turnovers because he didn't have Trent. I'm of the belief not having – if you have an all pro either on your left side or your right side, or if you're lucky enough to have both, if you're missing that motherfucker, that affects everything. And his, his ability to see that play where the linebacker tricked him is changed by the fact that he doesn't have that left tackle because he knows he doesn't have the same amount of time. So he's going, my eyes saw this, I'm going to make this throw. You look at, we, we were missing Lane Johnson for most, if not all of that Jets game. The numbers for the Eagles, record-wise and quarterback play-wise, are terrible when Lane Johnson is not in. They are horrible. That team is ass immediately. It affects the pass game. It affects the run game. The quarterback looks bad every time. When Lane Johnson is in, we look great. Jalen Hurts, people have been saying he's been struggling all year, and yeah, he's got eight picks and a couple of fumbles. His numbers are basically right on par with Patrick Mahomes who isn't having a bad season. But guess who, guess who else? This is numbers. They're right on par with both of those guys. Hey, your boy. Brock fucking Purdy. But see, that's the it put people like the eye test in football only counts but for so much. We put up we put up the uh sexual harassment versus flirtation fucking meme the other day. <laughs> put a shirt on. Uh, yeah, sexual yeah, empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the thing, man. You just, you you have to look at like every context is everything, especially in football. Context is everything. You can't be missing an All Pro left tackle, and then give a man shit for getting that ball out quick and making what appears to be a dumb decision. No, that's he's making the read based on the situation he has around him. I see the linebacker making this move. I need to make that throw because my left side is going to collapse faster than I'm used to. Okay, he doesn't point. have the time to see that linebacker cut back across the field. If he did, he wouldn't make that throw. 
he's shown that he has the aptitude to go, I can read a defense and not make that dumbass throw. He just knows he has to make it. So he's trusting his eyes. One more, one last uh, point, uh, since we're doing the, the Niner sag, kind of. Uh, so the Chase Young thing, right? Everybody's pumped. Everybody's hyped. I'm hearing so much about our defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. And I just want to say, especially you got people like fucking Nick Bosa who's throwing up his hands and throwing little fits all throughout the game and has made snide comments about the defensive scheme. Nick Bosa, I need you to get a fucking sack. How about that? Literally and figuratively. Maybe stop taking up time being a fucking underwear model and go get make a fucking play on the field. Because you have been sackless this fucking year for the most part, both literally and figuratively. You want to talk all this shit about Steve Wilkes, Steve that, Steve Wilkes that, Steve Wilkes this. Well, the 49ers lead the league in penalties and our top fucking five and missed fucking tackles. Steve Wilkes isn't on that fucking field committing penalties and missing fucking tackles. I'm fucking tired of hearing about Steve Wilkes. I'm fucking tired of hearing about our fucking quarterback playing this 18th fucking game. Anybody who wants to put all of the blame on those people instead of your fucking six-year, five-year, seven-year team captains who are supposedly all pros, you're a fucking coward. You know, I'm going to say it because I'm, I'm going to have to go after this, but I'm going to make this point about your boy Steve Wilkes because they threw his ass under the bus after that Vikings game. They yeah. threw him under the bus bad. Now, let me, that now. So wait, that blitz no, call. Let me let me stu- say. Oh yeah, I said that blitz call. Absolutely, lost us that fucking game, and it did. However, now it's it's getting a little bit. You know, it's like one of those things where you give somebody the point one time, but now they're like really going back to that well over and over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. Nah, man. Steve Wilkes is not missing fucking yeah. tackles. Steve Wilkes is not getting all the these fucking penalties. Like, okay, that blitz was call was fucking horrible. Arguably lost us but the see, game. Here's the thing. I'm going but to shoot it's, it's him been some a game since the then. I'm going to shoot him some bail on the blitz call. That was no, a absolutely. bad call in that situation. But Ward should not be getting the ball snatched from him by a rookie like that because he had his hands on the fucking ball. Make the play. I, I get it. My, my thing about that is if he makes the play, okay, then what? We're going into half. Same thing as if same things as if you would have just run a regular defensive play, that, except yeah, without all the true. risk. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's my but thing. But the play gets made, it ends either way. That's all I'm saying. Like if you make the call, you made the call. You got to live with it. Your hands on the ball. You got to make that play. Instead, Jordan Addison snatched that shit from him like Debo and dipped for sixty yards or whatever it was. Still a bad fucking call, but the play was there to be made. Apollo, the play is here to be made by you. What do you think of this this Chase Young trade? Uh, thoughts on any of the other uh, Niners shenanigans from this last week? I can't really add much more. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys kind of laid that out perfectly. Um, one thing I would say is uh, Chase Young. I mean, hopefully he can he can get unlocked. Um, his full potential unlocked uh, finally. Um, I mean, I put it like this. This is definitely his best shot of, you know, one, being in the playoffs, and two, possibly Super Bowl. So, I mean, he, this is going to be good for him in the long run. 
Um, but uh, well, it was the other trade. Uh, Dobbs, uh, Josh yeah, Dobbs to Minnesota. Very interesting. Uh, you know, people like to scoff a little bit, but honestly, I think Dobbs has the perfect skill set for that Vikings offense. Um, he ain't gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be slinging it Kirk Cousins style, but um, between Jaron Hall, who does have a lot of physical tools, and Josh Dobbs. Um, I, I, again, man, I've been, I've been harping on it and they went out of one again, they're right in position. And that's why they didn't give up and do a fire sale. And they went out and tried to get a quarterback. Yep. I don't think the Vikings are quite done, man. No. And, um, the report is that Justin Jefferson might be back uh, week 10. Well, the earliest he can come back is week 10. So, um, we'll see if, you know, I guess, depending on the outcome of this next game how they'll how they'll handle that. Well, I don't think they need to rush him out there either way. But for the purposes of <clears throat> my fantasies, my fantasy team, I would like him to come back. But uh that's neither nor there. Um what else we got? Oh uh now uh, a trade that's actually gone under the radar um is the Leonard Williams to Seattle. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna say this the Seahawks are a pretty good team and I believe that they wanted to shore up that D line because they know that they're going to have to go through even San, um, but they definitely going to go through San Francisco anyway, used to get out to the division uh, and be able to handle that run game. And um, also Philly, Philly's run game and Detroit's running game. Um, as we've seen a couple of days ago, how Gibbs is running all over the place. Um, and plus, you know, the the offensive line is top five, might be the best in the league for Detroit. So um, I feel that, you know, Pete, Pete Carroll is probably saying, hey, man, look, we got to we want to have to go through these teams at the NFC. So let's be able to get some more some more girth and on the line to be able to handle that. Um, so I think that was a pretty underrated uh, deal, too. So, um, I mean, like the NFL never has really blockbuster trades like that. So, I mean, I, I never put too much hype into the NFL trade deadline because, like I said, not much happens. Um, it's, it's, I, well, what's crazy is it's picked up uh, quite a bit over the last, like, five years or so. Um, but that just shows how, like, dead, dead it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, but, I mean, overall, I, I actually applaud – you know, these teams for making smart moves. You know what I mean? Like, like, like what was it? Uh, the Packers sent Russell Douglas to the Bills, I think, if I'm not yeah. thinking like that. So it's like, you know, these are a lot of good, good underrated moves. Uh, and this is not a trade, but this is just a signing. The Bills also signed Leonard Fournette. Um, so it's like, oh, look, wow. Okay. And he was, he was a thousand yard rusher last year. So it was like, all right, look, it's a lot of smart moves that's been made. So I, I, I applaud teams for you know like we're not trying to really go for the big names we're trying to go for what's best for our teams and i i think that was pretty good true observations uh at this point in the nfl season both trades and uh games coming up and just overall um try to make it as quick as i can um you hit me up you motherfuckered me that's actually how i found out about the trade was your twitter post at me saying you motherfucker i said that's right Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a great trade for y'all. Um, 
you know, uh, see it as something that can only help. Uh, and if anything, you guys can can use a little, little bit more of insurance insurance policy right now. You kind of got, you know, been struggling a little bit, so it, anything helps. Uh, you know, in, in terms of the Brock Purdy stuff, I was giving you shit on uh, on Twitter about Brock Purdy. It was it's quite fun for me actually. You 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 have been having too many wins, too much too much success. You gotta gotta give you some shit when you when you start taking that. Yeah. But um, but no, nah, I, I think. Uh, like I said, these these trades are, are you know trades are what they are. Um, you know I think that uh there'll be some interesting uh fall off from these trades. I'm anxious to see how everybody kind of fits in with their you know uh with their with their roles coming into these teams and and kind of how uh every team starts to the teams that made these trades how they do going forward. Uh, definitely curious to see. The 49ers going forward, um, they got off to such a hot start and it's been a bit of a struggle. Um, I think they'll get a turnaround anyway. You know, not not a big deal. I think they'll get it turned around. But no, man, I, I just I think uh, so. I think it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. I don't have too too much to really uh, say on football this week except football is kind of. Uh, I don't know, man. Football has kind of, kind of got me not down, but I don't know. I I just haven't been impressed by a lot of these games and these player props been trash. Um, these bets have been trash. I don't. I will say, week nine is coming up. Uh, we basically with a day away from the start of well, when people hear this, it will be it'll be the day tonight. Of, yep. Yeah, tonight. So, um. Titans and Steelers, interesting game. Not something I'm really impressed about. Not something I plan on making. A uh, hey, <laughs> a shout to shout to Will Levis, man. They were they were having too much fun on ESPN. Kept showing him and his little family sitting back there in the green room. He was supposed to be a a top three pick and sat around to the second fucking round, and then he went out there and dropped his nuts last week. Fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I I I I am anxious, like I think most people are to see some of the games this week because we do have a quite interesting set of games going on this week. Uh, some decent teams. Well, last decent time record. we said this about one of the teams, one of the games I'm sure you're about to talk about, the Ravens went out there and ruined it for everybody by whipping the fuck out of the lines. By the way, Axe, Paulo, all of my Baltimore guys on here, please – Absolutely, Ravens. Please feel free to beat the absolute dog shit out of the Seahawks. I completely invite you to do that and we'll enjoy it. <laughs> well, I feel like the Ravens will come out with the win against the Seahawks, but I think that's going to be a really good game. Really interesting to see how that one plays out. Obviously, the game of the week right now looks like it's going to be the Dolphins and the Chiefs. But that is an early game, so you don't know how that was really going to play out. Um, out there in Germany, yeah, Tyreek Hill gets to go against his own uh, his old team, and that'll be interesting. I'm actually mildly, slightly interested in this um this train wreck of a Giants Raiders game that will that will come. I am really interested in and in to see how that one. Uh, ends up turning out, but 
For sure, I think man, Sunday is a stack. It's, a, it's like kind of a stack week. Finally, right? We finally get like a slightly stack where you got the Bills and the Bengals at night, which should be for uh, all intents and purposes a pretty decent game. Uh, obviously the Cowboys and Eagles rivalry, you know, continuing. So I uh, hoping the Eagles whoop the Cowboys' ass as always. Um, you know, I, like I said, this this seems like it'll be a pretty good week. Hopefully, a good betting week if you are a betting man on the NFL. Um. So yeah, I don't have too much to say on the on, on the NFL. Like the trades are the trades. Always like waiting, waiting to see how everything shapes out the first week or two when people, you know, get traded to their to their new team, see how they fit well into their roles. If they continue, you know, kind of keep keep their level of play up or or if they, you know, or if they kind of get lost, you know. Like you might be playing the same position, but your role might be different on on a on a team, you know. And so We'll see. Uh, we'll see how the, everything shakes out. But like I said, I'm, I'm actually excited somewhat for this week. Um, a lot of stinkers, obviously. Uh, wish, I wish Sean could have made it on the show because I want to ask him about this Colts and Panthers game. But <laughs> but uh, otherwise, like I said, man, this, this should be a good week. I feel like this should be a good week in general uh, for, for, you know, football and, um, you know, football and basketball. You know, some 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 good games. I mean, right now, Clippers and Lakers. Oh, well, when time people hear this, the game will be over. So hopefully, the game goes how I want it to go. But uh, yeah, man, let's see. we got good NFL, good NBA. This is this is like prime time sports year. This is prime time World Series. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World Series just about to end right now. One out from inning while we record this. When you hear this, of course, it'll be the, the Rangers will be the world champions. They're about to be world champions right now as we record this. So when you're listening to this, yeah. So I mean, you know, NHL, if people like hockey, NHL is back at it. Um, yeah, man, you got hockey, basketball, and football. I mean, you don't get and obviously, you know, boxing, UFC, all that stuff is always around. Uh, I believe tennis is also in play in play if you're in tennis. If you're a sports fan, this is the best time to be. Uh, to be betting for one, and the best time just you know, you know, get 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 some time in your man cave, get away from your lady, you know, watch a couple games on you know during the weekend, during the week. This is this is a great time. So uh, week nine, I am ready for some of these games. Axe thoughts on uh, Chase Young trade uh, in general NFL. I'm gonna <clears throat> keep it brief, real quick, but um. But Chase Young, that just adds a whole nother element. Pretty much rich getting richer. The fact that he only went for a third-round pick kind of surprised me. I understand it's a contract year, but Chase Young's still a productive player. So I guess the commanders, they just need to fire Riverboat and Ron and just start to rebuild because trading their two defensive linemen really didn't make sense. But... That's what poverty franchises do. Um, Shit that don't make sense. Right. As far as week um, nine, of course, Ravens and Seahawks, they coming to Baltimore. We finally getting some home games after five games on the road. So hopefully we take care of business there. We can get to seven and two. That would be very ideal. Um, I think the Bengals and the Bills should be a good game too. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That's Sunday night. Um, need Buffalo to actually have a good week and slow down the Bengals. They nipping at our heels a little bit in the division. Um, Bengals are becoming what we thought they were. That was that was another thing too uh, that I was going to bring up. I forgot about the 
all the dramatic sky is falling 49ers fans like fuck man did we not sit on this podcast pretty much to a man every single one of us had the Bengals if not in the top five then in the top seven like they're a good fucking team it was a one score game at the end like fuck we're not fucking right losing three straight sucks but like the Bengals are that fucking squad like that could be a Super Bowl preview absolutely I know you guys don't want to think about that being that they're the, the the Bengals of the end AFC North, but really good. So I'm looking forward to call. Cowboys and Eagles too. Yeah. I think that'd be a good one. It'll be a fun one. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see like how Dallas looks against his Eagles offense. AJ Brown on the heater right now, getting 125 plus yards every single game. So interested to see him against the Cowboys. Those are the three games. I mean, Charles and Jets could potentially be okay. It's not a bad Monday night game, but I'm not like stopping everything I'm doing to watch it because he'll get a low scoring game. It'd be all dry, a bunch of mistakes. So Man, it's an okay might... week, better than the other weeks have been. If the Jets win that game, we might have to just turn this into a purely NBA pod because we can never have a pod on here with the 49ers and the Jets having the same fucking record. And <laughs> if the Jets win that game, they're going to be five and three. Hopefully Tay will make his triumphant return next week. Um, he's lucky he's not here right now because I was going to go fucking crazy about the way the Browns managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of fucking victory against the goddamn Seahawks on Sunday. That was fucking horrendous. Um, but yeah, man, if the Jets win that game, they're going to have the same record as the 49ers. Something fucking how. And that's not something I don't think anybody would have predicted after week three. So... Yeah, exciting game. And uh, so looking forward to all that on the NFL. Diners fans, please keep your toys in the crib. Don't panic uh-huh. now. There'll be plenty of time for that later. It's one of my favorite phrases. Um, hopefully things pick up. The Ravens are rolling. Uh, things in Giants land are getting a little weird, Apollo, but we'll just we'll just leave that alone. Uh we are working on some some big things here at, at DAR Sports Media. There was actually some stuff flying around in some DMs today. So please stay tuned to the feed. Um, and remember, this is the NBA and, and, and NFL uh, pod going forward. So might throw a little college football in there, depending on how the timing goes week by week. Uh, don't forget to tune into Weekend Wrestling. We should be back on the regular Saturday time slot this week, right, True? Um, that depends solely on my daughter but uh seems like we will i do not have much to say about wrestling this week after that abomination of a television show man it was going it was really go i was really enjoying it until the the point that you know what part uh i stopped enjoying it at so that was that that's even worse it's even more of a punch in the gut when it was a fun show right up until it Fucking was not. Um, so, yeah, Weekend Wrestling, hopefully Saturday, sometime this weekend. We got you guys. Um, and like I said, we are working on some big things coming up in the near future. It's going to be a blast. The world DAR Sports Media. We don't have time for fucking idiots. And it never stops. <laughs>